We are back with another edition of the Quarantine Cast. I'm really, really excited for this one. I'm speaking with a fellow Canadian, um, Gary Mangat. Mer- Gary, how are you doing? Not bad, man. How are you doing? Not too bad. So I'm over in Halifax, so complete opposite sides of the country, which is hilarious. Same country, but it would probably take us about eight hours to fly to one another. So what, what are things like there with the, the lockdown? Probably completely different than it is here. Yeah, I heard the East Coast is a lot worse. Like, you know, I heard you guys are still in it somewhat. Um, we're easing up a bit now. Uh, we're allowed people at 50 people now as of, as of today, basically. We're allowed to have 50 people gatherings. Things are still pretty locked down and stuff like that. But, like, you know, I think movie theaters opened up today. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, we're still transitioning into it. But I know it's nothing like the East Coast. My in-laws are from the East Coast. They're in Montreal. And uh, they're, um, they still can't believe the things that we have access to that you guys don't over there. So it's, it's still a bit of a, a different scene. And I can see why a lot of people in the East are losing their minds at this point with how restricted it is on you guys over there. Yeah, it's been, it's been bad. I haven't left the province in almost two years. Yeah. <laughs> um, how's it been for training and things like that? Um, training, so for my training camp, um, I had to go to Vegas, um, which is something I do anyways for training camp. But the only thing is usually what I'm able to do is uh, during training camps is I'm able to go for a bit and then I can come home for a couple of days and like, you know, see my family and stuff like that. That wasn't one of the things I was able to do this time. So when I did my fight camp, I was gone away for almost three months and I was away from family. I wasn't able to see anybody. So it was the longest time period that I was away during the training camp because there, there was none of us seeing each other because of the 14 days that would happen every time. Um, while I was here, the training kind of kind of have to keep it hush-hush over here, right? So you kind of get a small group together that you trust and you do that. And it still is somewhat like that, but um, it's loosening up now. But as far as the training camp was, I had to go out to, to Vegas where things were going back to normal and there's a lot of fights that were coming up. And so you knew you would get the work in that you needed. So looking at your fight, um, obviously successful. You ended up winning a decision against someone you knew very well. How do you assess your, assess your performance? I'm happy with it. Um, I'm happy with it. I just wish I hadn't hurt my shoulder in the first round so I could add more power in my cross. A lot of people, they know um, I have a rotator tear a bit in my, in my left, and that's why I, I kind of lost a lot of power. I'm not even sure when it happened. I think it's when I fell at the uh, in round one. But at the end of the day, I was coming back from fighting COVID. Um, it hit me really hard because I had asthma like before, so my respiratory got really messed up from it. And so I had that in the back of my head, like, like you know, I wonder what it's going to feel like. Plus, I was away for 17 months. And so to come back and get that kind of performance, plus get that kind of volume and, and time in the cage, I think is going to prove valuable to me because I wanted to – I wanted to see if I could go the 15 minutes or what it would feel like. So it, like, it was what I wanted. It was also against someone you knew very well. Does it make it a little bit bittersweet, you know, beating a, a friend and, and someone that you know relatively well? Yeah, it does. Because when I arrived in Singapore, that was not my original opponent. That wasn't the opponent that I trained for for the three months in Vegas. It was not supposed to be India versus India. Um, I was actually supposed to fight the former champ, the flyweight champ. And that got changed because he tested positive when he got to Singapore. There was a lot of res- uh, very restricted testing in Singapore. It was every single day almost. And so I think on the second day, uh, something came up. And so 
all of a sudden we're 24 hours, 48 hours out. And they're like, he lives here in Singapore, he's in shape, but he can't make your weight. He can't make the fly rate class. So I had to come up, plus I was already sitting at weight to make fly weight. And so it's either come home empty handed or I was gonna step down. And by the time I even really got to decide if I wanted to go ahead with it, cause we are friends, we are, we talk to each other. He's somebody that I actually spoke to one championship about, about them signing um, and then getting set up in Singapore. So to have to fight him, an up and coming Indian fighter, it wasn't the most ideal situation, and especially for that card that it was, it was a very Indian based card against everybody else. And then to fight another one, it wasn't the most ideal situation, but they took on the opportunity, right? So they signed it right away and there wasn't any reason I was gonna back out of it. That whole card was centered around um, Indian based MMA fighters. Like you said, what does it mean to you to be a part of a card like that? It was, like it was amazing. I actually didn't even know that's what the card was around. I didn't even know that's what the title was up until I think it was the last four or five days. And uh, yeah, and then I realized like what this card really was going to be. I actually didn't even know the other fights that were going to be on it really. And um, yeah, it, it was really cool. It was something really cool to be a part of. And it definitely motivated me a lot, especially because the name is something. It's a movie that I watch always on the week of my fights anyways. and. Um, for the card to be named that too, that was, uh, that was really cool. And I'm glad that one championship has started doing that. Yeah, and I thought it was amazing. And they also had a, another Canadian Indian on the main the main event, Arjun Bueller, who who went out there and, and dominated. What was it like competing with someone that you know well like that? He's having the same background, you know, sharing a very similar story. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, it was uh, like it was cool to witness. Uh, we're from the same parts, but we're definitely not the same story. Like for myself, I was an accountant that when I went into MMA when I was 22 and started, he's, he was raised from birth to be a wrestler and then transitioned to MMA. So we're from the same parts, but completely different stories. Um, but it was uh, like, it was a cool moment for Indian fans and it definitely motivated a lot of people and it definitely inspired a lot of people and, and let's start bringing more belts on. Being from Canada, um... I thought what, what one's doing right now with, with the TNT and everything like that, making sure that there's some exposure here in North America, that's got to be awesome for you, knowing that, you know, your, your name is getting out there for, for people in Halifax, people in, in the United States getting to recognize you as a, a, a Canadian athlete, where it says before, unless you were in, in a North American promotion, you may not have gotten that recognition. What does that mean to you? Yeah, it means a lot. It, it means a lot that one championship is known as a major organization, if not in direct competition in Asia to the UFC and such. And uh, when I say, hey, I fight on one championship, I'm like, oh, wow, like one championship, like, you know, it, it gives, it has that, it has that prestige to it. So that's, um, and that's something I carry with a lot of honor that, that like, you know, I've made it to the top promotion and that I'm there now. And I'm actually, like people can argue, probably the toughest weight class there is in all one championship it's probably the one that i'm in um if not even if you compare it to the ufc i think the weight class is one of the most stacked weight classes and just to be part of that be part of that whole movement it it's it, it's really cool it's like you know i don't feel like i need to come over to a north american promotion such as the ufc i'm happy i won championship i'm happy with what i'm doing there and i can prove everything i need to prove um just over there and the american fans or the north american fans will be able to see it your story resonates with me, especially. I'm an accountant. Um, my, par <laughs> my, par my parents are immigrants. I had asthma. I was bullied growing up. 
when you look at you know someone in your shoes when you were 20 years old or in high school, what advice would you give them that you wish someone had given you? Um, I always say if you're not happy with the circumstances you're in, you have to come to a realization that you're actually in fully in control to change them. I never believed that. I never believed that up until until I was 22 and I, and I found MMA and then I'm like, and my mind started changing and my spirit started building in something different. I had to, I had a lot of tough moments where it was me that had to get off the stool at training or when um, I would ask my tax instead of reaching for the puffer somehow getting that breath back and not getting into the, uh, into the inhaler and stuff like that. So it's a lot of personal battles that you have to face, but I took control of what I was around. I didn't listen to the people that were around me that said, no, you can, you're going to get hurt. This isn't for you. Like, you know, you're not, you're not what the ideal athlete looks like. Um, I took control of my entire environment and whatever I believed I was going to make happen. If I truly believed in, I started learning this day in and day out. And I wish I'd known that earlier. I wish I'd known that younger. So I could have started even uh, younger, but being from a small town, you get caught in this roles that you get caught in, right? You get, you go into high school, you know who the jock is going to be, you know who the popular people are, you know who the geek is, you know all that. Um, in small towns, it's, I find it almost harder to get out of those because you see the same people, same everything, all of a sudden you're trying to become something different and that circle will always suck you back in. But when I moved up to the big city, I was fresh, nobody knew me, and I realized how much potential was out here. And now it was up to me on what I want to become. Did I want to fall back into that? Again, I want to take control and become something else. And as you can see, I'm somewhere along the line, day by day, I, I rebuilt myself into um, literally somebody that I probably watched, would have watched in a movie and not not believed that it was. Small town kid, making to a major organization who like you know had no background coming up in martial arts, uh, was meant to be an accountant, coming from immigrant parents, and um, just it's how I played it in my mind is how I turned it into reality, and I did it day by day. One of those uh, one of those dreams is a little bit closer. You recently got your jujitsu brown belt uh, from a good friend of yours and and, uh, and and a mentor. What did that brown belt mean to you um, on your martial arts journey? It's everything, man. It's um, the brown belt represents not just techniques. I think it involves more than just techniques. It's the lessons that I've learned in life. The guy that I was when I put on the white belt is definitely not the guy that I am today as a brown belt as a man I am in life, as a how I approach people, how I see the world and how I see people, how I communicate with people. Uh, how, like, you know, where humbleness and strength come together and um, all these things you, you face, you grow. That's what a brown belt is. A brown belt is just a white belt that kept trying. That's what a black belt is too. Someone that didn't give up. And even when, Bibiano was giving the speech on on um, why I got the uh, why I got the brown belt. I'm somebody that's been loyal to him since day one. I was a guy that when I walked into the gym, I think I had my second amateur fight. He was fighting in in Ryzen or in in J Japan at the time, and he was supposed to fight Joaquin Hansen. And Joaquin Hansen was a southpaw, and if you guys remember who he was, he was a crazy kickboxer MMA guy. And nobody would show up during the winter time because because during the holidays, everyone's with their families. I would be the first one at the gym. I would show up. And, I, and he took me seriously. And that's where it was like, why is this guy taking me seriously? And I was showing up to get beat up every day. But there was a bond that was created that early before I even put on the gi. That time, I hadn't even put the gi on. And 
just that's what it's transformed into. It's the person that I've become, and now I'm in a major organization. I'm in the same organization as him now, uh, just one weight class under him. And it's more so life lessons that I learned through the belt, and it's just a culmination of a lot of struggle, a lot of things, and a lot of lessons that I hope to pass on to the next generation. That's sort of the brown. I feel like the brown belt means more to me than a championship belt. And I've heard that from other MMA fighters too, like you know, like a Tyrone Woodley. If you saw when he got his black belt, he literally cried. But when they put the UFC belt on, it was like, all right, cool. Like you know, it's it's different until you stepped on the mat and done jujitsu and gone to the ground and know what it takes to get to that level. It you'll you won't know what it means, like how it feels. And I know. I mean, I'm a white belt, <laughs> so still brand new to this. Got a got a ways to go. Um, but uh, I get it, you know, that, that day in that day, uh, you know, so just me, yeah, I know guys that got their brown belt in three years. It took me 10 and a half. So it's like, you know, it took me 10 to 12. Actually, no, it took me 13 years. Never mind. It took me 13 years to get it. So like, you know, I was, a I was a purple belt for almost four and a half years. And so it's like, you know, when I got it, it was, it meant something to me. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's unlike MMA where you only perform three times a year jujitsu daily. You know, so it it's every every day you're putting in a little bit work trying to get closer to that next next objective. So congratulations, man. A huge uh, a huge accomplishment. Back to MMA, what's next for you? I mean, you have that massive layoff. Um, so I'm sure right now you're probably itching to get back in there. You just had that fight. Riding a high. Are you looking to get back in early or are you just kind of taking it as they come? I'm taking it as it comes. Um, I am training. I'm already back in training. I'm with Viviano almost every second day, every day. Um, I didn't take that huge break that I usually do where I just kind of get fat. Um, this time I was back in the gym pretty quickly. And um, I'm hoping that the fight that I was supposed to do, I get rescheduled with him and we can do that pretty quick. I don't know what the situation is in Singapore now again. I heard right away, as soon as I left, like literally the next day, then lock Singapore down again. So I don't know what the situation is now or what's going on over there. Um, and also I don't know what the situation is gonna be um, if you're vaccinated or not vaccinated now uh, to travel. So all these things are things that are out of my hand, um, but I'm still training, I'm always ready to go. And um, I don't rush it too much. If the fight comes, the fight comes. If it doesn't come, it doesn't come. Uh, for me, it's not like, I, I don't rely on the income of of mixed martial arts so it's i know some fighters need to get fights because they need to pay bills i'm able to structure myself and build myself in other ways where i'm always staying in shape i'm still training i'm still have the fire i'm still passionate but i don't rush anything i'm very patient with the process as i've been up until this point and i will continue to be i just keep using the time to keep getting better and when the opportunity presents itself i'm ready to go i think this is where i believe within the next two years i'll have the belt um I think I'm only maybe one or two fights away at this point. And um, I think, I'll, actually, I, I believe I will be holding the belt. I will have the belt by next year or within the next two years for sure over my shoulders. I can't wait, man. As a, as a Canadian, I, uh, I'm rooting for you, and I can't wait to see what's next. Um, before we go, is there any uh, – do you want to shout out your social media, and is there any sponsors you want to thank before we end it? Yeah, uh, follow me on, on Twitter, on Instagram, same line, S-A-I-N-T-L-I-O-N. Um, if you want to follow my fight journey, then same line on Instagram is the place to be. You want to see the personal side, 
Um, something that I'm heavily into is stocks and day trading, and I'm always trying to help people out. That's where you find me on Twitter. If you guys want to know all the hot plays on that, that's something I'm very specialized in, something I do a lot. I'm trying to help as many fighters as I can in that process and anybody else. So it's two very different contrasts of life that you'll get on two different media platforms that you don't usually get with a lot of fighters. Um, and yeah, just, just see what it's all about.